0: For anyone in or obsessed with the fashion industry, there's no greater platform than Models.com. i spent years using the site to discover anything and everything, from who works with who to who represents what. It became my greatest cheat sheet when it was time to make informed proposals and key decisions. As the largest aggregate of information, it comes as no surprise that it's become the number one reference database in the entire business. With over 30,000 talents and creatives listed, and 3,000 brands and publications active every day, Models.com has over a million visitors per month is the go-to not just for creatives and talents, but any professional in the beauty, fashion, and luxury industry. Its pro features members are able to search with specific filters and cross-reference pretty much anything. The only thing better is the fact that with access to your profile analytics, you can see exactly which brands and media are paying attention. Whether you're a fan of the creative industry or a member of its community, Monos.com is where you'll find exactly what you're looking for. You're listening to What's Contemporary Now, a show about culture, the people, places, and things that together make it up. Today we have the chance to speak to Charles Levet and Kevin Tekkenau, the two guys behind the Paris-based creative agency known as Maybe. First having opened their doors in 2019, they've since managed to bolster an impressive list of clients working with brands like Louis Vuitton, Versace, The Row, the internet favorite Capernais, and of course the recent announcement around their appointment as the creative directors at large for W Magazine. Long before we managed to connect with this impressive duo, we heard nothing but great things from their clients who described them as fun, friendly, very hands-on, and most impressive of all? Apparently they do nearly everything themselves.
1: Hi, this is Charles Levey. This is Kevin Tekinel And we're, we're talking, talking about, about what's contemporary, contemporary now.
0: Maybe Paris is a company that's obviously become increasingly more well-known over the recent years since you guys have started. And there's no better place to start than the beginning, which is where each of you found your way into this business.
1: I guess it started with our interest in fashion. For me, it has been like a strong interest in fashion since a very young age. I didn't know what to study actually between fashion, photography, and graphic design. I ended up studying graphic design. And right after graduation, I worked at a creative agency, which is actually something that combines all these fields that I was interested in. Uh And then
2: me, similarly, we sort of have similar backgrounds in a way. I also had a big interest in fashion since I was a kid and also film. And I studied film and then started working in film a little bit after school and then similarly switched to working for a creative agency. So I started with sort of editing videos and whatnot and moved to the fashion world. And how did the pair of you come together and create something like maybe Paris? We were friends. We've been friends for a long time, actually. We've been friends for more than 10 years, I think. Oh, wow. I was in New York and Charles was in Paris and we were working in separate agencies and I kind of wanted to move back to Paris and we were talking, should we do this together? And this is sort of how it happened. But it was more of a friendship first than anything else. And we had no idea how we would work together, but it sort of worked out, I guess.
1: Yeah, we just wanted to do what we do and do it together. And the website obviously explains a little bit about
0: how you guys see the meaning of the word maybe, but what was the genesis of that word as the company's
1: name? it started kind of as a joke because it's a word that we say a lot. And I think we say a lot when we are talking about a creative process, maybe. Well, yeah, we noticed that separately we would say to clients a lot. So with someone would be like, what about
2: this? And you sort of like, go, oh yeah, maybe, or like, why not? I know it could be perceived as kind of like indecision, but for us it was always, it's just a possibility and it's sort of something more positive. I love that how that word sounds as also Mm -hmm. so it was more like everything is possible so it's never a no and everything is an option so we like that so we said why not
0: let's try that i like it and how would the two of you break down your respective skill sets in terms of what the synergy together is made up of separately
1: i have more of a graphic design background by my studies and a strong interest and culture in fashion imagery then all my family on my father's side is in the art business So it's something that image-wise that I like. And the graphic design side is, I guess, a skill that I have more than Kevin. But the thing is, we do everything like four hands in a way. Like we do everything together. We would not divide the work when we're doing a creative concept, for example. Yeah, we sort of do everything
2: together. For us, it works really perfectly because I think the whole entire process of the job is very collaborative Mm -hmm. from beginning to end with the photographers, the clients, all the hair and makeup, all the people involved in our jobs. So I think to be two to start with is already a collaboration. So I think it's an easier way to transition starting from the beginning to the end being two and being able to, from the very beginning, discuss ideas and projects. And then at the end, when you're putting it into free tuition, it works for us to be two people. It's also less lonely, I guess.
0: Yeah, well, you guys both came from backgrounds where you were working for other people and obviously going into business for yourselves, but doing it together as a team. Were there any kind of bumps in the road in terms of discovering that workflow as a duo? Not really.
2: Obviously, there's times where we disagree, but I think if one of us thinks something is really really against something, I think the other one will listen.
1: Yeah, and it works in both ways. When we are not sure of something, and if the other one is really convinced about it, we will hear what he has to say and then maybe agree. Maybe, (laughs) maybe, exactly. (laughs) We can count how how many maybes we say during the (laughs) interview. We really should.
0: You guys started the studio in 2019, I believe. You've gone on to achieve a great deal of success in a short period of time during particularly disruptive years in the business. What is it that you guys think is the reason behind that success? Well, thank you, first of all, Christopher,
2: because like, it's always funny to hear those things, about oh, success and like things are working out. But we started in 2019, so it was right before the pandemic. I think we had three or four months of working before everything shut down. So we had a few projects and we were happy and everything was going kind of well. And then obviously the pandemic happened and everything shut down. And one thing we did that I think helped us was we reached out to a few clients and we proposed them ideas of communicating without producing new work. So without being able to shoot or without being able to actually do any new pictures or videos. I think it was Versace that we approached and we kind of reused some of their archival images. And then we created some projects that were engaging with people over social media that were sort of like challenges and things like that. So I think that helped us a bit, kept us busy at least during the pandemic.
1: Yeah, and I think creativity is always kind of stimulated by constraints. And what happened with the pandemic is was creating new constraints to what we do. So it was interesting to have to find new ways to do our job, basically. So as Kevin mentioned, like repurposing archival images, having to produce new works without doing a shoot or even between two different phases of the pandemic, doing a fashion show when you are not allowed to gather an audience and having to find a way to be able to do a fashion show with those constraints were kind of interesting elements actually to creativity.
2: Yeah, in a way, those constraints helped us create things that before no one would have done because none of those constraints were there. So uh, for sure, it, allowed for certain creativity. And also, I think it was a moment where things were changing or had been changing already. But we also noticed when we started, different brands would approach to create digital projects, which before were seen maybe by certain people as less important. So people were kind of looking down at these like Instagram projects. People were more inclined to produce the traditional advertising of print or like main campaigns. And for us, these smaller quote code digital projects were just as exciting because it would allow us to work with these brands, allow us to work with these collections and clothes and potentially models and talents because of the brands. So, so for us, they were similarly important. And I think those kind of allowed us to show our vision in a way in the beginning for sure.
0: Well, it is a common thread in conversations with creative people that restrictions and constraints are oftentimes beneficial in the creative process and how it kind of forces you to come up with different ideas or new ideas or different variations of things. Out of the projects you guys have shared to date, have you found anyone in particular quite difficult? And if so, how did you overcome those obstacles?
1: Well, I think we're quite positive people. So we don't see many things as obstacles in a way, but it's true. Mm-hmm. What's I mentioned about doing a fashion show during the pandemic is through the company show that we worked on and conceptualized with the designers of the brand cars picked up the guests and then gathered inside of a stadium and then every guest stayed in the cars the drivers put on the radio to get the music of the show. And then the models started walking around the cars and everyone was really excited like to be able to attend a real fashion show during a period when there was no physical shows mm. and just video shows it was something quite fun and interesting to do. And so basically, none of the guests got out of their cars. So technically, it wasn't
2: against the law of the gathering of the people because you were allowed to be in a car. And then they were driven back to their homes. So no one physically gathered together since they stayed in the cars and the fashion show happened around the cars. So that was a way of going around the laws and the rules that were at the moment given to us. But in terms of big challenges necessarily with projects, I don't see that there was anything... Yeah, me neither. Nothing comes to my mind. Yeah. Nothing comes to my mind that's like, oh, this was very like difficult and intense. And, you know, I think
0: it's just how you look at things. And especially if the beginning of your company was at a time where you guys were required to think differently, then I suppose challenges have been very much a fuel in the process. The examples you're giving are incredible and not necessarily dependent upon technology, but it is a part of the conversation more and more with each passing day. So how do the pair of you anticipate the role of technology evolving in this particular industry?
2: Well, I mean, the technology that we use in our everyday jobs, like our computers and whatnot, I think hasn't evolved so much yet in the last 10 or more years. You know, Photoshop is still Photoshop. The editing softwares are still the same. So the tools that we use on our everyday basis that we create things with haven't necessarily evolved so much yet. I hope that they will, because sometimes when we're like working on some idea and we're using Photoshop and it takes like two minutes to mask something, if we could just be like mask this flowers this. on these tables and comp it on this page and it just does it automatically it would be great. But obviously technology is definitely playing a key role in projects that we work on. So not on a mm-hmm. first hand basis, maybe, but more on things that we play with. We worked on the show again with Capernaum, where there was obviously the infamous spray dress,
1: Mm -hmm. which was
2: a new technology. I mean, this technology where it's like this liquid that becomes fabric when it touches the skin. So it's not something that we dealt with ourselves, but it's something that we explored and it was interesting and beautiful to see, I think. I was
0: actually wondering if that idea was something that came from the pair of you. No, no, no. It actually came from the designer. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. He found the doctor who had the patent to this technology and
2: then sort of went from there.
1: Yeah, and actually the designers then came to us and we started to discuss and ping pong ideas of how to use this process and how to show it to the world within their fashion show. But yet for us, technology is more like when it's incorporated into fashion and what we do with it and how we show it. And it's through Coperny, which is a brand that's very technology oriented. Is a good platform to explore technology. Mm-hmm. But
2: another thing we were saying before with Charles recently, obviously, I mean, everyone's talked about this so much, but you know, the role of Instagram and how it changed how we communicate fashion. Recently, we've noticed with our clients, we do more and more and more and more video work. Mm-hmm. And it's actually directly related to Instagram because Instagram promotes videos much more than still images. And Instagram is doing this to fight with TikTok brands have noticed that they get more engagement with video. They have more engagement, more views or more likes with videos because Instagram is pushing the videos more. Then brands ask us to create videos more than still images. So still images are obviously still important for billboards and whatnot. But, you know, every season, I think in terms of deliverables, we see that the video contents are growing and growing and growing.
1: Yeah, it it is kind of crazy that just an app can influence that much what kind of medium we're using. In our industry, like starting like to lose a bit more of the importance of still images and giving more and more space and importance to, to videos.
0: Well, marketing and advertising have always been heavily informed by the styles of consumption, right? So if people are primarily engaging with content via something like Instagram or even a TikTok, it does make sense. One can't help but wonder at this point when we will see kind of the next wave or change because fashion has this odd sort of way of being where on one hand it appears to be ever-changing and on the other hand if you look closely it changes quite slowly what do you guys think perhaps the near even far future looks like as far as luxury and how we pursue the creation of advertising for brands like the ones that you're working with now
2: I mean, I think what we've seen is going to continue, you know, to even
1: bigger and bigger scale, maybe. For me, what we saw in the past few years, it's how much the industry is changing in a way because of the amount of content that we have to produce now and that brands are producing. It's crazy to think how many shoots and campaigns a client is doing and producing compared to how it was 20 years ago, Uh because we have this need to consume images as much as the consumers for the products of those brands.
2: Yeah. At some point, it's going to shift, like you said, obviously, but Uh it's hard to predict
0: how, but I mean, it keeps growing and growing and growing. And at some point, it may need to slow down a bit. Yeah. There's naturally conversation that happens in any industry just because people are invested in the space they're working in. And I've heard nothing but great things about both of you from clients and how much people really enjoy working with you. They've also said that you guys do almost everything yourselves in comparison to some other people who work with larger teams. So I was curious to kind of break down how you guys would describe the approach you take when executing the vision you've agreed upon for a client. Well. I don't know who you've talked, but that's nice to hear, I guess. <laughs> so maybe you'll tell us later. Um,
2: I mean, like we said, we grew up with this real interest in fashion, really kind of being mesmerized by fashion images and whatnot. What we really love to do is to work with different kinds of houses. Like, for instance, we just as much enjoy working for the Rowe versus Versace, who are extremely different in terms of aesthetic. And in a way, I think what we do maybe is we like to see what we can create for each brand through their eyes. We do bring that point of view, but we don't necessarily want to get rid of what the DNA of the brand is or just completely change it. We like to play with their codes and look to the world through their codes.
1: Yeah, I think the codes of a brand, as you said, is just a creative tool as any other tool. And just using the DNA to create something is, as we mentioned before, it's just a contraint that's pushing you forward that's pushing your creativity also mm-hmm. and in a way you know we said that we
2: do a lot of things ourselves we spoke to all of our clients and all the people that work within each of their houses like the marketing department or the different meetings that we do it ourselves we don't have a big team so it's like we are point people that communicate with them about little things such as changing a layout or like creating a concept or whatnot, before maybe from our experiences working elsewhere, I think there was a hierarchy of like, okay, there is a creative director and they're kind of unattainable and they'll just give their opinion, but then you deal with all these other people who work under them for the other, you know, little things. For us, it's just as important to be involved in all aspects of the process, which is obviously time consuming, but I think it just helps to have a better vision on the whole project.
0: Yeah, for sure. I would imagine it's quite taxing on bandwidth, no? Yeah. Yeah, but I think when we work on
2: a project, I think we get excited about it and we just want to be involved with detail oriented people as well. We find it's easier at the end of the day if we're sort of involved with all aspects of the process.
1: Yeah. And I think we are lucky enough also to take on only projects that we really believe in and working for brands that we believe in and that we like. And I think that's something that's linked to the fact that we are both really interested in fashion in general and like the clothes as well. Of course. And as you mentioned before, you guys work with different brands, with
0: different identities, directions and existence in different sectors of fashion as a whole. Is there a conscious intention in terms of how you guys balance the commercial artistic aspects of these projects? Or is it just sort of the nature of your work to consider both of that much thought? At the end of the day,
2: we know that everything is commercial. Absolutely. All the projects that we do have a commercial start and a commercial end. And it's like, we're gun for hire, you know, like sure. Newton said that. So it's like, basically, we're guns for hire. So we're not kidding ourselves by saying that it's only an artistic sort of endeavor. Certain times on certain projects, there's more commercial rules or more commercial projects where you're specifically trying to sell a specific product and other projects are more image-driven. I think it's kind of at the end of the day, all the same. Obviously, if you're producing a magazine and it's a bit more editorial, you have less commercial constraints, but then you still have to deal with advertisers and whatnot. So I think pretty much to some degree, everything is quite commercial. Yeah. We're fine with that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think it also depends on the project sometimes, because depending on the project we're working on, it could be like more about selling a product. Sometimes it can be more like a brand awareness thing. So you, still sell something, but you sell more an idea rather than a product. Maybe like those projects feel a bit more artistic in a way. Mm -hmm. And again, mentioning that fashion is an industry that
0: feels as though it's always changing, but when you look up close, you realize it's not moving entirely fast. One of the things that we obviously are always aware of is how slowly the changing of the guard takes place in this particular business. I mean, it's an industry where people will quite literally work until they die. So being in this space of creative direction that's primarily dominated by people who have come before you, and in some cases, many years before you, what about the approach you guys have taken do you think has allowed you to grab such a significant market share already? I don't remember the last time anyone sort of knew came in as consistently and at the level you guys are coming in now. Again, thank you so much. <laughs> I think it was many things, but I think it's definitely was a
2: moment also where that we've been saying, you know, brands have to produce so much more content. And I think maybe it came in a moment where brands became more and more open to working with new people, because brands didn't want to necessarily repeat the work that's been done in the past. So, you know, maybe like 15 or 20 years ago, you would open a magazine, you would have 10 photographers shooting all the campaigns. So you would flip through the pages, you know, be like five of this person, three of this photographer, three of this So it was sort of the same people over and over. And don't get me wrong. I thought most of the best work comes from that era, which is like the end of the 90s, but yeah, like i was saying, there was so much to be produced that brands became more and more open with working with new people, new photographers, new illustrators, new artists, and I think with the new creative agencies as well. So I think we were lucky that it was at that moment that we started our business.
1: Yeah, I do agree because I think success sometimes is also being at the right place at the right moment. And Paris right now and since the pandemic really feels like the center of fashion again. It's such a good moment, I think, in this city for the creative industry, creative people and there is just a mood and a crowd that's positive for what we do.
2: Yeah, and for a newer generation when it comes to designers that have came up in the last few years as well, there is a bit of an excitement in Paris that hadn't been here maybe in a while that just came right after the pandemic.
0: Yeah, or even during it. That was something that I remember considering during, you know, 2021, I suppose, primarily, where it really became obvious Paris felt as though it had reclaimed the kind of leading role in terms of markets and even a city like New York, which is sort of insatiable and always at the upper echelon, felt a little bit newly secondary only because of the sheer volume of things that were being produced in Paris. And obviously there was an element of the restrictions there being a little bit more open. You had large clients that were continuing to produce shoots there while everybody else was shut down. And over time, even those who had left New York and moved to London briefly ultimately decided to move over to Paris because, like you guys had mentioned, it it really became the hub. And it hasn't really faded. I was curious as to whether or not you guys thought that was primarily because of the pandemic and how it drove people to sort of relocate there. Or do you think it's just a cyclical kind of a thing? Because to be honest, it's the first time in God, 17 years for me that I see Paris with such a vibe. I mean, historically, you didn't necessarily shoot there that often. It was primarily a city you went to for shows. And it wasn't necessarily one that most of the leading creatives were living in. You know, they were primarily in New York. Yeah, it's crazy how it shifted. I remember because when I
2: first started working, I was in New York and we would shoot a lot in New York. People would come to New York for work. People like photographers would come to New York to get clients. And really with the pandemic, I think it was the pandemic and also maybe... And
1: the cycle as
2: well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it probably won't last, but... I mean, we're happy it's here now. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, it is. I think it's just circumstances. A lot of people did move here because during the pandemic and right after, things were not picking up in New York and you couldn't do shoots still in here. It just sort of opened for a bit in between the two waves. And a lot of people came here to work and there was a bit of a renaissance or like a desire to just get back to work. The bigger houses are here and even though they were affected obviously by the pandemic they probably had more of the means to go back and do things again and giving projects to people
0: yeah and speaking of paris what do you guys attribute to the respective cultural backgrounds you both come from obviously one of you are turkish and the other french do you feel as though that comes into play at any point when you guys are going through creative processes together mm. i'm half french half turkish and i lived a long time in
2: the u.s so i'm sort of personally don't feel like i belong anywhere <laughs> um <laughs> But I do, obviously, ha- I grew up with my mom speaking French and I always went to French school. So if anything culturally, I am more attached to France, maybe. Oh, wow. And okay. since I'm working with Charles, who is fully French, maybe we do have a bit of a French perspective. I don't know, maybe you want to okay. say more about this, Charles? <laughs> no, yeah, I do, S- I do
1: agree. I, I guess we feel, we feel French in a way, but I don't know if it influences that much our creative process. Since everything feels that so global now, we're surrounded by talents and by teams and friends that come from all over the world. And especially, as we said, these past few years where so many people moved back or moved to Paris. Yeah, I think how I felt always is now how everyone in the
2: industry feels because I've always felt like I didn't necessarily belong anywhere. Mm -hmm. Now I feel like everyone sort of feels the same because everything is so connected that the backgrounds are kind of blurring. So I don't necessarily even feel it from other people anymore, even when we're dealing with very French clients that I think 20 years ago, they would be different to deal with. So I think it's all
0: about being multicultural. Well, especially working in this business and having that background where you're well-traveled, it kind of starts to blend in together. Knowing that Regardless of how democratized it's become, this space is still very aspirational for a lot of people whose dream is to find a way in. And sure, there are particular programs, like you had said, you study graphic design, there's fashion design, there's marketing communications, but there's no real hard skill set type of training that gives you that wherewithal to break into the space in a kind of sustainable way, the way you guys have. So knowing there's always that generation coming up behind you, what type of advice would you give those looking to perhaps open their own creative studio today?
1: It feels kind of basic, but it's actually like being curious about everything and finding inspiration in all things that you see and thinking how you can contextualize things in your new framework, kind of. For us, like being two is quite helpful in what we do because being able to ping-pong ideas all the time makes us gain time, so... So don't do it alone. (laughs) (laughs) No, it is true because listening to the people you work with and your team and trust the people you collaborate with is an advice that I would give here. Obviously, like Charles was
2: saying, it's such a collaborative process, so I think you need to have an interest in many things because... What we do at the end of the day, most of it is communication, it's speaking with people and collaborating with people. So if you have an interest in, let's say, hair and makeup, and you know a little bit of their language, and you know how to talk to them, and you know about their craft, and you can understand it, and same with like photography, and same with illustrators or 3D animators. So if you have an interest in all the different artistic fields that you have to work with basically in our job, I think it helps a lot because then you don't just like come up with things that are not necessarily doable or that people are not going to take into consideration. I think it's important to speak their language. Another thing for us, it helped a lot. I think working in an agency before you open your agency to understand and learn working under other people to see the process. I think it's very important. It's a big school.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like you guys have clear takeaways from the experience you had at other agencies that you brought into opening your own? For sure. Definitely.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's where you learn most of the process and the job is actually doing the work under someone else. I think it's very important. And then obviously you don't have to necessarily do it the same way, but I think you just adapt what you learn to how you want to deal with things. Similarly, I think if you want to be a stylist, you have to assist someone for a while to understand how to do this business and the photography as well. So it's not because maybe you don't have the skills, but just to understand process and how things are done and how to
1: yeah it's more understanding yeah like how things are done and the process but it doesn't necessarily like influence your creative process i guess
0: yeah it's putting theory into practice exactly and what in your guy's opinion is contemporary now (laughs) good question (laughs) (laughs) maybe you should do a podcast about that
1: (laughs) (laughs) no i think everything can be contemporary. It doesn't necessarily need to be something new, but it's just something that's relevant at the moment, I guess. And it's a, always a question of context and the context where you do something is what makes it contemporary. I used to hear this a along. Oh, what to you? This is so new versus though
2: this is old or passé. In our jobs, I think everything is kind of old or never that new because I think in our industry like we look a lot at the past and we get inspired by things that were done in the past but maybe to be contemporaries to sort of be able to recontextualize those things maybe that's what's contemporary taking something and repurposing it or recontextualizing it seems like it, today what feels contemporary is that when we look at even fashion or music or art people that seem successful or relevant or appreciated today seem to be the people who are able to do that we just so Rosalia perform, which is just an example that just came up to my mind. And, you know, she seems very contemporary as an artist and a lot of people would agree. And it's because she takes flamenco, but mixes it with reggaeton and hip hop and whatnot. So I think today what seems contemporary is to be able to sort of recontextualize and mix things to be able to put them in a new
0: platform. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well said, both of you. Thank you again. I appreciate your time. And thanks for a good conversation. Of course, oh, We yeah. appreciate it too. Thank you, Christopher. Thank you so much, Christopher. Thanks for listening to this episode of What's Contemporary Now. A special thanks to our show's producer, Shyan Asadi, who makes it all possible. Original theme music by Joseph Top Miller and Chase Coughlin of The Black Soft. And visual design by Aaron Marr and Graham Prentice. Subscribe now to be the first to hear new episodes. And for more content, follow us on Instagram at What's Contemporary or visit us online at What'sContemporary.com.